Welcome to the Later in Life Planning Show with Patrick Colley, brought to you by Keystone Elder Law, right here on News Radio WHP 580. Now, here's your host, Patrick Colley. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. At Keystone Elder Law, our mission. Our mantra is to shield the middle class from the costs of getting older. And as I've said before in previous episodes of the show, those costs are often of a financial nature, but they can also be the emotional toll on your family. And when we work through, as as you've listened to previous episodes of the show, you, you understand, I, I bring on ep- uh, experts who are talking about medical issues, they're talking about financial issues. And I I think, what part of your savings would you consider more sacred than anything else? Probably your home. I've heard countless stories of people who built their own homes. And even if it's not a house that you built, it's where your memories are. It's the one thing that you still sort of have control over, your surroundings. A lot of savings and discipline with spending went into owning that home. So the property represents a lot of your life's work. So how do we protect the real estate for your family, especially your children, if that's who you want to sort of gain the benefit of your your years of savings? How do they receive the full value of the property, the full value of your savings and your discipline spending? In an earlier episode of the show, I touched on people who sort of manipulate desperate people to part ways with their property for less than it's really worth. Title of that show, if you're keeping track, was uh, What the Media Are Telling You. It's a previous episode of the show, and and I talked about those those signs that say, We Buy Houses. Um, And by the way, a listener emailed me after that show to tell me about his daughter, who was not on the selling side, but the buying side, and apparently the ethics of the transaction were no different. The guy willing to give a lowball offer uh, for the home was also, it seems, willing to sell a property with defects and take no responsibility for those defects. But in any event, Mike, I have a guest today who works with older adults, works with people in the later years of life in real estate. His name is Paul Hayes. He's the leader of the Paul Hayes Group at EXP Realty, and you can find him at PA Homes and Land. The phone number is 717-993-1746. And we at Keystone Elder Law have called on Paul to help clients who have a real estate need. Sometimes that's uh, they're downsizing or they need to part ways with the property because they need a higher level of care. Sometimes somebody has passed away and the real estate is part of of uh, the the estate, so the, the the land, the home needs to be sold. But Paul Hayes is a is is an intelligent and compassionate leader in the real estate space for people who are in the later years of life. And I'm so thrilled to have him on the show. Paul, thank you for sharing your experience and insights with listeners of this show. Thanks for having me, Patrick. So, you know, one thing I think that that sort of leads into a first question, which is, you know, what separates I guess the real estate agent who's working with someone in their 30s or their 40s who are, you know, they're selling their first house, they're buying the next house, and I'm sure that's a lot of the business that that you do. That's kind of a constant in real estate sales. But what separates that kind of work in real estate with working with people in the later years of life? Sure, that's a great question. So, um let's step back right right now for a second and 
just right now, the real estate market as a whole is so hot and it has been for the last couple of years since the pandemic really. And before then, um, so right now real estate is at you know, the forefront of everybody's mind. Uh, I just read a, an article the other day that, um, $13 trillion is wrapped up in equity for seniors right now, $13 trillion across the United States. So, you know, for our senior listeners or the families uh, of those seniors, um, you know, certainly that is a main component of somebody's net worth. And I think the, the stat is between 25 and 60% of, of a senior's net worth is wrapped up in real estate. Oh, so sure. Is, yeah. I mean, all it, the time it, I see, yeah. I'm looking at everything they own when we're doing estate planning or Medicaid planning for long-term care. And clearly the, the their home is usually the largest asset or one of the largest assets they own. Right. Absolutely. So- National Association of Realtors, um, the the average, the typical agent in America sells between eight to ten homes, right, a, a year, and that might be you know four listings and and four buyer sales. So that's you know, the largest investment somebody has is being handled by somebody who typically, on average, somebody who might be selling just a handful of homes every year. So it's important, regardless of, of your age, it's to work with an experienced realtor who um, is not average. So one of the things, um, you know, you had asked the question, how is a senior real estate transaction different than a, a standard, we'll call it a retail real estate transaction? And a lot of it is the, the care that needs to go into it, the, the, the time, the patience to sit down, to find truly what the needs are, what the timeline is. We've got seniors that we work with, that these conversations started several years ago. It isn't just a, hey, you know, we've, we've outgrown our house and, and we need to, we saw a house down the street that we want to buy. How fast can we get our house on the market and, and, and move on to this new home? You know, these are conversations that, that started years ago with, with planning of how to, how to downsize, how to remove things from the home, selling off some personal items, um, you know, so many, I think of my grandmother's house. I think of the barn that is packed with decades and decades of, of different things. And we all do that. Oh, absolutely. We, we, you can't help but accumulate stuff. Some of which has great sentimental value and some of it is, you know, magazines that right. you should have thrown out a long yeah. time ago. <laughs> it, it, and, you know, and, and that's, I think that it's a sign of living a full and, and healthy life yeah. when you accumulate things. Um, but there comes a point in time when, things have to be sorted through. And so part of what we do is come up with, with a plan of how to go through that process in a way that uh, reduces the amount of stress to both our client and, and also oftentimes it's the family because it is you know, so many times it's a very, very much a family decision. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, when we at Keystone Elder Law encounter somebody and our next thought is Paul Hayes, it's usually we already, our heart goes out to the person who's in, you know, who knows, Florida or Oklahoma, who's the, the the one remaining relative of the person who is either going into a nursing home or pa who has passed away, and they're doing their best to wrap up the details, and they're trying their best from from a distance to do that, and then our heart goes out to Paul Hayes because we call you and we say, look, join us in this fight for for you know the older adult or the person who's trying to wrap everything up, and at the end of the day. You know, it is business for you and it's business for us, but it's it's making the difference in a family's life when 
you know, these things come to pass uh, in a way that is more traumatic than what you described as the retail sale. Like, it's just our dream. Hey, look at that beautiful big house. Let's go buy it. This is bigger. This is, uh, you know, the conclusion of a life uh, lived intentionally. Yeah. Let me tell you a quick story about Phyllis. So about eight years ago, I got a call from uh, an assisted care facility and they had a a client or a, a incoming resident that they were working with that needed some personal care um, in terms of real estate. So they called, asked me to come out. And as I sat, sat with Phyllis at her uh, dining room table, I met wonderful, beautiful lady. I think she was 88 at that time. She'd been um, living at this house with her husband for years and years and years. Her husband had passed two years before. And at that point, she pretty much became a shut-in. Now, somebody who's highly social, um, mobility issues. So she was stuck at home out in the country for, for years and did not want to leave her home. And it came to a point where, just from a mobility standpoint, she couldn't care for herself the way that she wanted to and her family needed her to care for. Um, so she was so stressed about moving that she put off this decision for years. So they called me in to, to try to talk to her about what this could look like and, and how to transition out in a, in a, in a stress-free way. And we worked with her for months, transitioning her from her current place to her new, to her new residence. And through that, I realized for me, somebody who, you know, selling over a hundred homes a year, I need more processes in place specific to seniors. So I went and I got education and really in real estate, there's, there's two main designations for senior uh, real estate professionals. There's the certified senior housing professional, the CSHP, and then there's the SRES, which is very common within real estate. Uh, and that's uh, promoted by the National Association of Realtors. So to give you an example, there's hundreds of SRES uh, designated realtors in Pennsylvania. But as far as the CSHP designation, there's two in the whole state of Pennsylvania. So there's an agent in Philadelphia, and then there's myself. So through this added training that I've participated in, there's production standards, there's exams, there's continuing ed, there's the necessity to have a network to properly take care of our senior clients. And it's been just a valuable education for me, and it's been great for our clients who've received just an added level of, of benefit as they're making these transitions. Yeah, the network is key. We'll talk about that more in a moment. We're going to go to a break, but you are listening to the Later in Life Planning Show sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. Now, more of the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. We are back on the Later in Life Planning Show sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. I'm Patrick Cawley. I'm your host on this show. My guest Today is Paul Hayes. He's the leader of the Paul Hayes Group at EXP Realty. You can find them at pahomesandland.com, pahomesandland.com, 717-993-1746. Paul, before the epi- uh, before we took a break on uh, in this episode, you were talking about what sets apart uh, the, the typical real estate agent and somebody who, who goes way above and beyond to get the training and education and experience and then the designations that come with that to understand how life is really different for people in the later years of life. 
Um, and I want to switch gears. I'm going to come back to what you were saying right before the break about how it takes a network, because I, I could not agree more as an elder law attorney how I can solve an awful lot of problems for a person, but I can't do it all myself. The fact that you and I are speaking right now is is evidence of that. I mean, it takes other professionals to bring their skill set to the table. But I want to switch gears a little bit to something I've talked about in a previous episode, which is sort of the predatory investors or others who might see uh, people in the later years of life or their families or their executors um, and see an opportunity to make a buck when real estate comes into uh, into play. And I, you know, in the previous episode, I talked about those signs you see on the road that say, we buy houses. What's your experience in terms of the the predatory, the the people who are maybe are, don't have the ethics that someone like you has? Sure. So I think, um, you know, we all see the, the, we buy houses, uh, placards on the, on the street signs and, and whatnot. Um, and we also get things in the mail all the time. I, I get them in my mailbox, you know, and I get the phone calls and unsolicited text messages from from agents who are or not agents, but investors who are looking to to buy my house at a discount <laughs> so that they can resell it. So, and I think I think it's important to understand, you know, the investment side of real estate is huge right now. There's as we talked about before. There's just a ton of equity out there, and um, there's so many companies and, and businesses and business models that are trying to figure out how to get a piece of that pie. So from a predatory standpoint, I think there's a distinction between a real estate investor who's looking to invest in, in a you know, buy a property. Of course, they're buying it as at a discount relative to market price and looking to fix it up and add value and sell it and make a return on investment. That's the whole purpose of investing in anything is to make a return on that investment. So I never want to fault and just make a blanket statement that real estate investors are bad. That's not, right. that's not the case at all. And there's a time and a place and a situation for investors. Um, I do take issue with people who are trying to take advantage of the person, not, right. the, not the real estate, but the person because of um, just the situation that they're in and not showing them, you know, what the true retail value is of the, of the property, you know, and I think by having, um, by putting forth facts, true facts and figures, you know, I'm bound, I think you touched on it on a previous episode, a realtor is bound by the code of ethics to, to actually share what the true value of a property is. And we get those situations where sometimes it's not, it's not, the highest price that matters to somebody. It is the speed at which a transaction can take place because that in that moment is more important than getting top dollar. Sure. So we have a network of investors that can come in as needed in, in a, in a property that needs to get sold very, very quickly with no hassles. You know, let's just say, you know, the house is packed with all sorts of stuff and somebody just, they need to sell it so that they can get into their, their next, uh, you know, living situation, whether it's a community or whatnot. Sometimes speed is more important than top dollar, and there's a place for that. Most of the time, that's not the case, right? You know, and that's why you know it's important to have a plan in place going into any decision, so that you can not rush. Because when any, whenever anybody rushes into a situation, that's oftentimes when they find themselves at a disadvantage. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, in that previous episode, uh, I was speaking about the 
ProPublica investigation, right. and they really kind of, I'm sure they they investigated the full field and really picked on one particular organization, but, you know, they were staking out uh, probate courts and police departments and divorce lawyers. They were trying to find people in a tough time in their life so that they could have the upper hand. And then the other half of that is not only were these people being targeted who going through a, a rough patch in life, as you and I see people, you know, with some regularity, this is a stressful time, but they were also, you know, the, the more skilled negotiators, you know, and that's all you do for well, a living. And I think right now, I mean, we see even with, with, um, we'll say again, retail clients, you know, some people are looking, you know, they're successfully selling their home on their own. And they're so excited that they've, they've, they've gotten out of paying a realtor a fee. Right. And I've seen where they've given up 50, 75, $100,000 of price because they didn't know what the true value of their home was. So they, they thought they were getting a great deal selling it on their own, but they gave up 50 or a hundred thousand dollars in the process. So it's so, you know, and I see this, you know, I'm going to do my estate planning myself. I found this online option and just to sort of take a deviation, but it's, it's not a big leap to say like, oh, I I cut out the professional and I saved, I don't know, some small amount of fees in, in the scheme of things. It's like, well, okay, you could do your taxes yourself, but maybe some accountant is going to look at, look at it and say, you just donated a whole lot of money to the IRS instead of keeping it in your pocket. Or you just did your own dental work and didn't have to pay the dentist, but you know now you have all these complications. And it's like, what do you think professionals go to go through all the education and training for? It's it's looking out for your best interests and I don't know about you, but if if I can't add more value than what the person could get online, I'm going to tell them that, but rarely would that be the case because there's just so many experiences that we've had where you see like gosh, you're just not seeing the whole picture. Right, absolutely. You know, and and sometimes Real estate agents are oftentimes viewed as just trying to get a home sold. Yeah, and we've talked about this, um, you know, off offline. And the like, my goal, I'd love for people to stay in their house for as long as possible. And sometimes, you know, aging in place is the is the term that we use a lot. And you know, my preference would be if if there's a way to keep somebody in a house, if that's their goal, if that's their desire, then tap into our network of contractors, tap into our network of different professionals that we have access to so that they can stay in their house longer. So those are the conversations that we have a lot of times with families of seniors. Yeah. And I think this gets into, you know, I talk about sort of planning and and estate planning, your legal planning for the years ahead when everybody's healthy, when everybody's calm. Um, There is such a thing as proactive real estate planning. And I think that's what you're getting into is is sort of the idea that, okay, if you have multiple floors, is this is this really going to work out for you in the long run? Is, you know, if there are no ramps, if they're just even to get into the house, I mean, there are solutions, but you got to think about it before you have a broken hip and now all of a sudden you can't, you, you have, you don't have a first floor bathroom. Correct. Correct. So, yeah. So oftentimes um, we get called into conversations, just similar to you, that, yeah. you know, where everybody's reacting to a situation that that happened, we also get those phone calls where you know somebody wants to 
their goal is to stay in their house for 10 more years and then move to a CCRC or move into a, a continuing care community. retirement community. Correct. Right. Um, so what we do is we sit down, we have a conversation and we, we line out best case scenario. If, if everything goes smooth, then maybe right now we take care of putting in a ramp in an elevator in some sorts, you know, just as an example, many two-story homes can accommodate an elevator for under fifteen or twenty thousand dollars. That you know, the primary bedroom might be on the second floor. That that alleviates the need to go and buy a, a one-story home in some in some situations at, at a much greater at a cost. much greater cost. Yeah. So just trying to think outside of the box and pull resources together to make wise financial decisions, but also just you know, quality of life decisions. Yeah. Yeah. My, my guest today is Paul Hayes. He is the leader of the Paul Hayes Group at EXP Realty. You can find them online at pahomesandland.com. You can reach them by phone at 717-993-1746. And I'd be remiss if I didn't remind you, as I do every episode, that Previous episodes of this show are available at whp580.com. If you go to the upper left corner, there's a podcast menu. You will find the Later in Life Planning Show. Or if you have the iHeart app on your phone or the Apple Podcasts app or Spotify, any podcast platform. And you can also go to keystoneelderlaw.com and using the Workshops tab, you can sign up for one of our upcoming workshops on middle class estate planning and asset protection or Take a deep dive into how you will pay for long-term care. It's all about holistic planning, as this, as as Paul and other uh, expert guests on this show have pointed out. There's there's so many resources available. We'll be back with Paul Hayes in a second. You're listening to the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. Welcome back to the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580. Here's Patrick Colley. We're back on the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. My guest today is Paul Hayes, the leader of the Paul Hayes Group at EXP Realty. Find them on the web at pahomesandland.com, 717-993-1746. We're talking about real estate and people in the later years of life. And uh, Paul, before the, the break, you were talking about ways that people can be just as they can with other legal planning or financial planning. It it just makes so much sense to be proactive, to be thinking about down the road, does my current situation with this home or, or other property uh, make sense for me? What, what can I do to make sure that I stay in the home longer? Because, you know, I've been in elder law for a while and I still haven't met that person who's excited to go to a nursing home. Uh, it's, you know, the nursing homes are full of people who, who were never going to go to a nursing home. So, you know, we do want to keep people in their homes as long as possible. So you were talking about proactive planning. What are some other issues that come up when it comes to, um, thinking about the value of the home and protecting the home and, and, you know, just planning ahead in general? Sure. So when we talk about planning, Long-term planning, mid-term planning, and short-term planning. And each one of those conversations is going to have different talking points that, that we would cover with somebody. So when we talk about long-term planning, it's just making sure that the property is insured uh, correctly. Right now, we've seen this big run-up in 
and appreciation over the last couple of years. And so oftentimes we're finding just through conversations that homes are insured at, at maybe 60% of the, the true value of the home. Because uh, the home's gotten more valuable and they just never adjusted their insurance. Right. So when, when we talk about uh, protecting the asset, the underlying asset, the real estate, um, just making sure that insurance is, is, is appropriate. Um, and neither you nor I sell insurance. We don't. So, but we it's, don't. it's holistic planning. Yeah. And I was shocked. I'll speak for myself personally. Um, you know, we shopped for some insurance last year. And and when we looked at what our the value of our home was, we realized that we were underinsured for the for what it would cost, especially with the spike up of, of material costs over the yeah. last couple of years. If we had to rebuild our house, it, we had to increase our insurance. And, and that's course, it. That's yep. it. It's the replacement yep. cost. If your house burned down, what would it cost to, to build that same house? And right. gosh, I, I bet most of the listeners right now are thinking, I don't know, I it would cost way more than what I'm insured for. Right. Some of those other longer term um, conversations are efficiency. Yeah, so maybe it's increasing the efficiency of, of heating, air conditioning, windows, uh, insulation. Some of those things, if you're going to be in your house for seven to 10 years or longer, like take care of those things and that will actually ease cash flow down the road when, when cash flow might be a little less. Yeah. And how income. often do you see this? I mean, because I see it from the standpoint of, let's say, couple married for decades husband or wife, it, it it's not like one or the other, but spouse passes away, the other spouse is sitting in my office at Keystone Elder Law, and I find out, well, my spouse was always the one who handled fill in the blank, whether it's, they, you know, they they paid the bills, they kept the books, they, they knew our expenses, they handled the insurance, and now they're gone and I have no idea what I'm doing. And I, you know, very often I'm thinking I'm running through my mental Rolodex of financial advisors who can really get this person on on track. But I, su- I suppose it probably happens in the real estate context as well. It's like, I know we're supposed to probably change the air filters in the, in the HVAC every once in a while. I know we're probably, you know, supposed to update the, the insurance, but they have no idea what they're doing. Correct. Yep. We see that same thing day in and day out. And that's why having those conversations, having the the network of vendors yep. that, that we have that are trusted, especially as it relates to seniors, because just like in any profession, there there's th- those that you can trust and those that, you know, I hate to say you can't trust, but, you know, you just want to, we want to recommend vetted right. people in, in every aspect of, of, of our business. Sure. I mean, yeah. there are news stories from time to time about, uh, attorneys, financial advisors, accountants, um, certainly contractors who have put their own financial interests before those of the people they have a sworn and, and regulated responsibility for. And it just makes the rest of us cringe because it's like, well, how did you get yourself in the position where you put yourself first? You must have been awfully desperate because we, you know, we go into our lines of work committed to the best interests of the people we serve. And, and there's, it's like a line in the sand. You just don't cross. But, but because that happens, you have to be very cautious when advising uh, some family out there. This is maybe the most important conversation they've had in a long time, whether it's with an elder law attorney or with a real estate agent, there's, there's a lot writing on it. So yeah, you, it's just having a, that, that vetted list of people who you have, I mean, you're willing to put your own reputation on the line. And so oftentimes we get phone calls from families, from children who they're helping their 
senior parent make decisions from afar. Oh, yeah. Right. So they're relying on our recommendations to help their parents. Because so, they have no, I mean, they can do a Google search, but they can't tell the good from the bad or correct. the middle. Right. So it's just so important that you're working with trusted people. Um, and then back to you know, short-term plans. Like what are, what are the things, if you know that there's going to be a transition taking place in the next 12 months, lawn care, um, purging, unwanted stuff, coming up with a plan of selling, whether it's through auction, estate sales, um, you know, Facebook marketplace, whatever, yeah. whatever it is, right. um, you know, just coming up with a plan to get, get rid of some of the things yes. in the house that you know you're going to be making uh, a transition. Well, and it's, it's harder, it's easier to say that um, for us because I just, I mean, I picture my own parents. My father is a bibliophile, loves his books. He swears that some of the books he has, first editions of this or that, are worth an awful lot of money. You can picture my mother rolling her eyes and thinking, no, your kids are just going to have to cart all this out to the curb. Let's spare them the the trouble. Um, and so there's massive downsizing. And it's not just, you know, my parents, it's it's people everywhere where they, they put it in their own mind, well, everybody's going to want this. But I mean, it's become sort of a meme or a joke online about your parents have all this stuff. You know, this will all be yours. And <laughs> but it's part of it is having those conversations <laughs> yes. with children. Yes. And and for children, you have those conversations with your with your parents. And, right. And siblings talk to each other. Have these family conversations. Yes. It's so much um, better to have those when there's no pressure. Right. And have a plan for all of these things so that it reduces stress for everybody when the time comes to make this move. Yeah, and it could be, you know, the opposite of what I was just describing where everybody wants a particular set of this or that uh or in some cases they already think it's theirs, which is a whole other issue, but you know, you, you among all of the the goals that you and I are talking about, one of them is just the overall goal of the legacy that somebody will leave and do you want a legacy of children who are not speaking to each other because they had a disagreement over all that stuff. Right. And so oftentimes we've seen um, money rip a perfectly good family apart. And I know that you've sure. seen those, oh, yes. those things happen as well. And so all of these, you know, when we talk about planning, it, it's planning to, to mitigate the risk of that happening mm -hmm. and to have those conversations and to get everybody on the same page. And as a real estate agent, part of our, our job is to make sure that the senior is our client. And so sometimes we're asked not to have those have conversations with their, their children. And so it's important that we, and, and it's important that your listeners know that, you know, my goal is to represent our client as a fiduciary first yep. and foremost. Yep. And sometimes that isn't opening up the conversation to their, their entire family. So we actually have our, our clients sign something of who we are, kind of like a HIPAA form. Sure. And, you know, who are we allowed to speak with on behalf, along with you? Oh, that's and that's empowering yeah. to the to our client, to our senior clients. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the same goes for us I, at Keystone Elder Law. We're we're establishing that right at the outset, the confidentiality. You know, sometimes people show up to my office with their adult children, which warms my heart because it shows me this is good. This is really a situation where I can see a lot of um, support and we can we can make a plan that's going to work. But I want to be very clear on who am I allowed to speak to 
the older adult is my client and they know their family dynamics the best and family dynamics can run the gamut from the tight family to the the ones with the, the 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 kid who's not speaking to anybody and you just have to sort of follow their lead and and I think you're right it does empower them and it leads to a better plan absolutely so we're, my guest today on the Later in Life Planning Show is Paul Hayes. We're talking about real estate and older adults. Paul is the, the group lead at the Paul Hayes Group of EXP Realty. You can find him online at pahomesandland.com, 717-993-1746. We'll be back with a little bit more on the Later in Life Planning Show on WHP 580 in a moment. We'll be right back. It's the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. Now, your host, Patrick Colley. We are back on the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. My guest today is Paul Hayes, the, the group leader at the Paul Hayes Group of EXP Realty. You can find them on the web at pahomesandland.com, 717 993 And Paul, I just, you know, we, we've had this. Um, conversation rich with insights uh, uh, as to later in life planning when it comes to real estate. And I've just had all these random thoughts bouncing around in my head, mostly based on conversations I've had with clients at Keystone Elder Law. But for example, you know, you're talking about planning ahead, uh, you know, to for, for staying in the home as long as possible, for keeping the family uh, sort of in the loop as to uh, all the belongings and are we going to get rid of stuff? Does anybody want things? All of these great goals and, and planning that people should be doing. Here's one. I, I'm trying to look for a downside. I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. And you mentioned, well, look, if you want to stay in your home, you know, it, it can be more affordable than you might have thought to put in an elevator or a chairlift Uh, something where if you can't alter the structure of the home and it would cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to find that one floor living that would be really ideal for aging in place, uh, maybe there's an an affordable solution where you have vetted contractors who can adjust aspects of the home. One thing I hear from people is, won't that affect the resale value of my home? Won't Won't it be a, isn't there a downside? That's a great question. And, um, you know, in short, every, every house, it's a case by case, uh, situation. So, you know, we get called in for just an evaluation of a, of a house, um, maybe to give some pointers of, of what they could do. Um, as far as resale value, I mean, that's part of what we do day in and day out. And there's not a, a cost for that for us to come out and take a, take a look at a house. Um, but oftentimes when we think of chairlifts, when we think of, I mean, even elevators in some cases, um, much of that is easily reversible. So let's just say um, your chairlift goes in, you know, one down to the basement and then one up to the second floor. Um, and then it's time to sell the house. Sometimes it makes sense to to pull that out, repair the carpet. And, you know, for less than a thousand dollars, it's as if it never happened. And in okay. some case, that 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 makes sense. In other situations, uh, that is a selling feature now of the house. There's a shortage of homes across the board, and right now we have a lot of people with mobility issues who are they're looking for a new house, just like everybody else. And so, to find a house with a chairlift, uh, we're seeing a lot of multi generational housing right now. Housing needs where you know kids are are wanting their 
their parents to move in and uh, with them or vice versa. And a house that can accommodate everybody is highly desirable. Right that's, that's the point that um, maybe I wasn't clear on. And certainly a lot of my clients asking that question are not clear on it. And it stands to reason because, you know, South Central Pennsylvania, the counties where listeners are hearing this, this show, it's the fastest growing part of Pennsylvania. Absolutely. So so if there's not enough housing and you throw on top of that, that there are other people just like them looking for affordable housing and they need those modifications, they might be surprised that they don't have to pull anything out. That's exactly, that'll be a selling feature. I thought, I'm really glad you, you brought that up. Absolutely. Yeah. Every house is, is unique and and every situation is unique. So that's where having us come in and take a look is, is vitally important to making decisions. And, and, you know, another random question I've had bouncing around, and I guess this goes into how far ahead do people need to be planning is I've sort of lost track of how hot the market is because it just seems like a couple of years ago, you know, you put a house on the market, you're going to get 20 people making an offer. They're all, if they know what's good for them, going to be over asking price but then inflation set in and I didn't know what that did, you know, because of rising interest rates and getting a mortgage, if that slowed the market at all, has that, has it really changed? So quick answer is the market has slowed down in terms of number of homes that are selling in a year. And mainly that's a function of lack of inventory. So we can't sell homes if they don't yeah. exist on the market. <laughs> so sales are down about 20% but it's because inventory is down. So really coming out of the pandemic and, and everything that developed with that, we're at a, just a, a significant shortage of homes right now. So it stands to reason if there are fewer homes available as far as inventory on the market, even if fewer are being, are being sold, the ones that are being sold are probably getting every bit that they're asking for and Right more. now we're seeing full price offers most of the time. Uh, many times well over asking price. Okay. Um, and I think it's one of the important things for listeners to understand is that oftentimes the media, um, we hear uh, this national view of the real estate market. True. Right. And what we're seeing right now just nationally is that in the South and the Southwest where there's just an explosion of building that's taken place. I think of, like I flew down to Texas earlier on in the year and you could actually see cities being built from the airplane. And it was, it was just crazy. But here in central Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania in the Northeast as a whole, there's not enough land for just an explosion of building. So actually we're far behind the number of homes needed to be built uh, to accommodate everybody who's moving into this area. Yeah. Um, so what I would say is that the market should be quite strong for several years to come. Yeah. And and I think that that's also an extension of the whole shift uh, in many industries that COVID brought along. I mean, we have a lot more remote workers than we used to. Um, I don't know about you as far as buyers moving into central Pennsylvania, but I sure seem to have more people who are moving out of maybe the Philadelphia suburbs or Washington, D.C. They're looking for a slower pace of life. They're looking for lower cost of living. And they find that when they sell their house in you know Montgomery County, they can buy a castle in in Dauphin, Cumberland, or or Northern York County. So it's I don't know if that affects this as well, but but we well it know. stabilizes our market. Yeah, and I think of the the downturn in two thousand eight, right? So 
it was bad across the country, but in, in our area, relative to the areas around, like we handled that quite well. And I think yeah. it's important. I think we don't have a lot of industry that is going to collapse here, right? I think of the high-tech companies that are laying off tens of thousands of people in some cities. Like we don't have that in central Pennsylvania. So it's a very stable market. We're not going to see the huge run-ups in appreciation that some places saw, but we're not going to see the big drop-off either. Yeah. So it's a safe, it's a relatively safe place to invest in, in real estate. And if people, are, again, are planning ahead and they're thinking, well, at some point, mom or dad's house is going to have to go on the market. Maybe they're moving in with the adult child. Maybe they're moving into assisted living, personal care, whatever they're planning ahead for, if they follow your wise advice to really think about this well before it's an emergency. What does it come down to for showing the house? Because I've heard before, less is more. You know, let's not have, you know, a lot of pictures on the wall. Let's not have a lot of clutter in the house. How far in advance do people really need to give thought to that kind of thing? Well, ideally, ideally well over a month so you can you can plan. And again, a lot of it, right now we're working with um, a client who you know, her parents uh, have passed. The house is just packed with packed with things. Yeah. And so now we're working with her over the next two months to figure out again, how to, how to dispose of, of the house and get it ready for hitting the market. Right. You know, and that's just a, it's a process and everyone is a kind of a custom process that we go through with our clients. Um, just to make sure that we can help them hit their, their financial goals when selling it. And there are professionals out there, again, not you, not me, but, but they're part of our roster of resources. Understanding it takes a village sometimes to help a family uh, who specialize in sorting through and figuring out what has sentimental value, what, what can, can be, you know, either go in the trash or sometimes they'll find the diamond in the rough and they'll say, you know what? There's a market for this. Did you know nobody has a collection of these and there are people who will pay you good money for this. And there are people who specialize in that kind of thing. And it's just good to know that those resources yeah. are out there. And really that's why we get the phone calls is because we have that network and we're kind of like the switchboard operators. Yeah. Or, I feel that way sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're in this circle of, of working with seniors, it, it really is, it's, we're all wired the same in some way and that we we have a heart that's bigger than average yes for our clients yes and there's just something about working with seniors and their families that just resonates with us and um makes us different it just does yeah the the feeling you get you can't put a, a dollar sign on even if there are more lucrative ways to make a living taking people who are worried going through a rough patch and the the relief at the last meeting you have with them and they're giving you hugs and and sending you thank you cards and Gosh, at Christmas time, we have brownies in our office, and we're just over brimming over with joy that we were able to help people. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Um, my guest today has been Paul Hayes, the leader of the Paul Hayes Group of EXP Realty, PAHomesandland.com, 717-993-1746. Thank you so much, Paul, for joining me today. It's been my pleasure. Join us next week for another episode of the of the uh, Later in Life Planning Show sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. In the meantime, if you want more education, go to keystoneelderlaw.com. Use the Workshops tab to register for an upcoming workshop on middle-class estate planning and asset protection. Thank you all so much for listening to the show. I hope it's been thought-provoking and helpful. This is the Later in Life Planning Show sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580.